This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to season four of the behind the scenes television podcast, Soap from the Box. Sorry, we've had a couple of weeks off just as season four started. I suddenly had to film something very exciting, which you will be the first to know about very, very soon. I'm Lee Salisbury, television director and producer and now podcaster and season four is back bigger and better than ever. Not only am I talking to the actors who play your favourite characters in EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Home and Away and Neighbours, which is also back very soon. I'll also have extra special pop from the box music guests and some huge TV and film specials. And don't just listen anywhere. To be VIP, you need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player. It's free to sign up to and you'll get to hear exclusive audio and video clips you won't get anywhere else. And all the latest news from us lands directly in your inbox. Right now, sit back and enjoy a special episode of Pop from the Box, the spin-off series of Soap from the Box, where I talk to some of the world's biggest music stars. Get ready to turn back the clock for this one. My guest today for this special edition of Pop from the Box is part of a British slash Norwegian group who formed in 1988, scoring two number one singles and six other top 10 hits here in the UK and taking Southeast Asia by storm. They won a Brit Award in 2021 for Best Breakthrough Act and released one of my favourite pop songs ever, Caught in the Middle. From A1, the lead singer and my favourite member, just don't tell the others, and winner of the most fanciful male in the 2001 Smash It Awards, Ben Adams. Hello, Ben. Hey, that was a nice uh, nice intro. Nice <laughs> intro. How, do you remember I used to love the Smash It Awards. Yeah, I know. They were great. They were great. I mean, there's nothing really around like that. Or, or as fun as that uh, anymore, which is a bit sad. But uh, but yeah, yeah. No, they, you, they were, I mean, those... I, always, I always missed out. I missed out on best haircut. So I was. Did you miss out on best sad. haircut? That's gutting. Jack yeah. curtains like me as well. So how did that not win? I know. I know. Keen from Westlife always stole. Oh me. yeah. See, well, he had to win something. But I mean, going back <laughs> then, like pop, pop back then. I mean, was anyone listening? Obviously, are probably fans of pop music from back then. But comparing it to now, it's just non-existent. I mean, it was the era of pop. There was Britney, NSYNC. That was your time, in that it must have been mad and amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a whirlwind, really. If you speak to any of the 
bands that kind of had success around that time. I think we all have a similar experience of just like, it was just, you know, it was, the, the schedule was just ridiculous. Crazy, like I can't yeah. even, I'm just tired thinking about it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we didn't have, we, we literally didn't have any time off. We were all over the place on hundreds of different, you know, planes and uh, all over the world and just promoting and recording and doing videos and, you know, all the parties and stuff. It was just a crazy time. Because there was a lot more TV appearances as well. We obviously had, I mean, my story that I probably told a million times, but S Club 7, I remember being on programs that I worked on and literally they would have their hair, like they'd be held up by their hair because they'd be fast asleep as their makeup was done and they'd wake up and be like, are we in Beijing? And like they had no idea where they were. And I'm guessing well, exactly. it was exactly I mean, the same. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of perfected um, just literally being able to sleep in a second wherever we were so you know if we had 20 minutes in the car between it'd be TV like brilliant sleep we, we could yeah we could literally just like click our fingers be asleep for 20 minutes get up do the thing and then back in the car and do the same again so yeah it was a very very busy time and you guys got together i read because paul missed out on the steps on the steps audition so apparently that then they auditioned with him to find a new band it was tim burton wasn't it who created steps that then created you guys yeah, that's right. So um, I think Paul, they, uh, he was actually... Um, I can't I see Paul in steps, by the way. I mean, that was probably, a, you know, a, that wasn't the best match, that, was it, really? <laughs> well, no, exactly. I think that's what it was. So, you know, it was... I think Tim really liked him, but just thought, you're not quite right for this project, but we're now going to do a different project with you in it. And that then became A1. So, um, so yeah, I don't think he's too sad about it. And your debut single got to number six, which is amazing. And was it instant kind of success? Or, you know, was it suddenly you could, I mean, back then, obviously the fans as well, there was no social media. So people used to follow bands around. Was it, it was, was it kind of an instantaneous thing for you guys? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, that, that single getting to number six was sort of. Not brilliant, worked. actually, was it probably at that time? I mean, I, th I think we all just wanted it to be number one. That's what we kind of expected. Yeah. So there was, sort of a, I don't know if we, we weren't disappointed, but like, you know, I don't know what we were expecting because being number six in the charts is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that was back in the day where you actually had to sell a lot of records to get anywhere near the top 10. So that was pretty brilliant for us. Um, but yeah, no, we, we basically spent two years before that, before we'd even signed a record deal, uh, basically uh, touring schools oh, doing did all you? Sorts of oh god crappy uh you know nightclubs <laughs> and stuff like that that's just what you did then like you say there was no social media so you actually had to go to these places to get your name out there we did a whole bunch of awful things and then obviously when we signed the record deal and it went to number six and then it it sort of started to pick up and and kind of go well from then on but like before that my god it was a it was well a i remember I even take that i remember that they did some awful music video for their foot where they were kind of in leather covered in jet to kind of get the gay audience on board it was kind of like it was how it was how to get you noticed wasn't it basically absolutely and i think you know all, all brands did the rounds of the same kind of places we did a lot of a lot of gay clubs a lot of you know as i said schools and you know just everybody that we thought would be the right demographic for to be fans of us it was just kind of going around because i don't think many people would think that that that's how much work goes into creating back then anyway i mean now as a, we know the yeah. music industry is totally different but yeah a school tour yeah, isn't it, probably what you dream of when you when you join a band 
No, it's terrible. I mean, we would be performing to kids who were eating lunch and just didn't care that we were there. <laughs> so it was like, just like, what are we doing? You know, and and it was, you know, we went to some very seedy places and places that we shouldn't probably be performing as well when they booked. I remember one time they, I think the guy, um, he he booked us wrongly and he thought that we were like, I think there was another band at the time around called something similar to A1 and they were like a very heavy, like dubstep Oh, really? band. so we turned up with like our tank tops and you know matching outfits and stuff and the guy came <laughs> and he was like he was like what kind of band are you by the way we're like well we're a boy band and he's like right oh, okay yeah. and so we were like oh that was strange and then we went on and honestly i mean the faces on the people there they, they <laughs> did not want to see us um so yeah we definitely had you know lots of good times but lots of very um interesting times as well and then when it happens, because obviously you did become massive. I mean, you were, you were, you know, the take on me and same old me, brand new, uh, bra- same old me, brand new you. What a song title that same, is. God. Same old brand new you. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. old me. Yeah, God, that's a song title and a half. That was in 2000. They both got to number one. Again, a cover back then was always the choice, wasn't it? Normally of bands to go, to go, right. Uh, I'll take that did. Uh, what did they do? Uh, counting. They did quite a few. They, had cook- they did quite a few. Yeah, it was kind of the way to go, wasn't it? To basically get into yeah. the number one spot absolutely and, you know, boy's own did mostly covers at the time um and i think it was just the way of uh you know just sort of when you got to a certain level you could probably just you know just put a cover out and as long as it was a good one and then it would just like catapult you to the next level if to the next level yeah. Um, yeah and that's what that's what take on me did for us so that was great and what was it we'll get to you in a sec about what because you've obviously got so much music history and the stuff you've done is absolutely amazing was it quite frustrating because obviously at first you were definitely that all dancing all singing boy bands and obviously you all actually could play instruments and it were more of a group was it frustrating being kind of just lumped in with the other dancing boy bands well, I think the only thing that was frustrating was, you know, uh, you know, as you say, uh, you know, some boy bands won't name any names, but they were put <laughs> together just because of the way they look. And yeah, didn't actually have it. They couldn't even sing half of them. No. So, you know, when we, we were actually, know. we all know those boy bands. We all know who. We well, know. exactly. That's why there's no point in mentioning them. But no, you know, yeah, we weren't actually writing the songs, and we were yeah. actually. we were actually singing on the records and stuff. So, you know, to <laughs> for people to sort of could put us in the same pigeonhole as people that weren't. I guess that was frustrating, but you know, that was that was what was popular at the time. Um so, you know, of course that was what what we were gonna do. The best thing I suppose though was you were in that era. I mean I worked at the BBC and I remember when I did worked on Grange Hill and Boringwood was amazing at that time. You had Grange Hill, Holby City, Eastenders, and Top of the Pops. And Top of the Pops to be part of the era that you got to go on Top of the Pops is amazing, isn't it? Because Top of the Pops is incredible. Oh my god. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we met some amazing people on top of the pops. I think we were doing it one week where, you know, it was us, Prince, Marilyn wow. Manson, Sade, Robbie Williams. Uh, it was just you know, like, it was just like an incredible oasis with there one week. It was just amazing. So, you know, I mean, talk about top of the pops now. If anyone's uh, listening listening to this who is young, know, younger. They won't know, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What the hell is top of the pops? But it, was it was kind of like TikTok um, on telly, basically. That's what I call it. I mean, it was your go-to. Yeah. It was your go-to was, thing every week. Absolutely. It was the biggest show there. So, you know, when we when we were on Top of the Pops, that's when we really felt like, okay, we, we've, we've made it now. That's brilliant. My story that I've never told, actually, because we used to do some Top of the Pops stuff for the Saturday show. And uh, 
me and the presenters used to go every week and we used to kind of, there used to be a free bar for artists. So we used to just pretend we were with a different artist every week. And it was amazing. <laughs> so at the top of the Pops bar though, with Britney and what, you were like, what is happening? And ending up in the Met bar with Daniel Bedingfield or whatever, you'd be like, every week was like, it was crazy. And the people though, yeah. that you guys around, I mean, the girls and the boys and the groups, I mean, it was really obsessive, the fan base, wasn't it back then as well? Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. You had people turning up at your you know your house and like hundreds of people. Did you guys live together, by the way, or not? Did you? Well, to start, yeah, to start with, we did live together, and that that just was a disaster. Yeah, um, sure. We ended up just you know instead of arguing about what we should be arguing about, like what's the next single, like it would be who stole my chocolate, who <laughs> who's not washed up the dishes, you know? yeah, exactly, all that kind of nonsense. So we it was very short lived when we um we lived together. Um, but yeah, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a success. And then obviously you came back with a, a new album, Caught in the Middle, and I'm not just saying it is one of my favorite. You wrote that song, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, me and Paul wrote that one. So it's um, amazing. I think that's one of the songs that will last the test of time. It's such a brilliant song. And that was a change of direction for you guys, wasn't it, in 2022? Was that, a, a, you know, did you have to persuade the record company to kind of d- go in this new direction? Well, I tell you what, it was... Um we'd always wanted to be like a band band and not necessarily a boy band. And we'd had some time out um, after um, the, the second album promotion was, was kind of cut short because we had a, an awful episode in, um, in oh, Indonesia. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was where, the, where yeah. some fans got crushed, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we took uh, time out and obviously um, out of respect, didn't carry on any promotion, finished everything there. So we had a long time, uh, yeah, I think it was about a year, maybe or, or maybe longer, um, to sort of just consolidate what we were doing and go. Okay, well, if we're actually going to be, a, you know, come out again, what kind of music do we want to do? So we started writing a lot of uh, a lot of more kind of band sounding songs. Um, and Caught in the Middle was one of them. And I'll be honest with you, it was one of our least favourite songs. Really? We, yeah. I mean, I like I say, I, me and Paul wrote that one. There was another song called Make It Good that Mark and Christian had written, and we all really wanted that to be the single. Wow. Um, okay. The, first single, the record company turned around and went, "No, it's got to be caught in the middle." So we were kind of at a stalemate with them for months, um, and then eventually the the record company turned around and put their foot down and said, "No, it's caught in the middle." We're like, okay, fine, but you know, we'll have to go along with it then. And then you know, it just became the most enormous monster of a hit that we'd ever had. So <laughs> it was, it was, um, yeah. You don't always know when you're too. No, that's one of my questions that I always ask to people in the music industry because sometimes it's like you must write a hit or write a song and think, yeah, this is the one. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Adele takes years to get that hit that she obviously knows is going to break all the records again. But sometimes you don't know, I suppose, as well. No, you don't. And I think when you're so close to a project and, and you know, it's quite hard to see the wood from the trees. It's uh, you, you kind of need people on the outside coming in, um, you know, people who have good opinions that we respect their opinions to come in and actually tell you what's what sometimes. Because, uh, But I think now because, you know, after, well, particularly now after A1, I've written thousands of songs, songs like, yeah like that. So i think now i do know when i've written a song that's just an enormous hit or when i haven't um and you, you still know, so love it do you still like that song caught in the middle oh well now i love it i mean it's yeah obviously <laughs> yeah and it, you know in particular i i mean the royalty checks from it are quite amazing i quite bet amazing. yeah even even you know now like 
I don't really have to do much. I just have to. That's amazing. And that's quite in the middle. I always say, imagine Mariah with all I want for Christmas. I mean, literally, she doesn't need to work ever again, that woman. No, no, never. For many, many lifetimes, she doesn't have to work. Yeah, it's incredible. uh, I think, I mean, I put it on my Instagram the other day, but I mean, it was, I think, 20, is it 21 years? I'm just going to go on my Instagram now. I think it's 21 years old. So is it 21 years old? That's really depressing. I know it's awful, isn't it? So That's I mean, so depressing. Like, wow, twenty-one years, and then it's like, oh my god, twenty-one years, twenty-one years. Where? Oh, where it's has that madness? So where is that? But, I mean, gone? That, well, exactly. But I mean, that that really, I was, I'm so thankful that our management, you know, um, oh, you allowed us that. to yeah. write, write all the songs because, you know, like I said, I mean, thankfully, I'm <laughs> more busy now than I've ever been. But if I wasn't, I'd always have the royalties of, of, of course in the middle. Yeah. Amazing. For, for the middle to, to fall back on. And actually, funny enough, I know a lot of people think that the court in the middle is our biggest song. Our biggest song is actually like a rose. Oh, really? Um, oh, of course. That's I forgot about yeah, that one. Yeah, of course. It's huge. I mean, it's like in you know, like even when i look at the royalty checks coming through i get much more for like a rose than i do oh Cotton really Mills. you know why it's probably not as it's not probably not as pop you know like those really big pop hits of the, one, the ones that because we've all gone like retro has come back massively hasn't it it's like you guys are all on tour soon aren't you doing a big that i spoke to the, yeah. uh, the the original singer of living joy the other day as well it's like it's amazing how it's gone through the roof again, this kind of, you know, I think it was yeah. looked down upon for a few years, do you know what I mean? Pop music and bands and boy bands and stuff, but everyone's come back together. But you guys obviously split up, Paul left, you split up. I mean, we could spend ages talking about the years in between and stuff, but it was, in the end, you reformed together without Paul and then you 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 did the big reunion actually, didn't you, without Paul with Blue, Five, Damage. There was a fifth yeah. story band, oh. wasn't there? That was, I think Adam Rickett was in that, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Adam Rickett. Who else was in that? Gareth Gates and Gareth Gates. Yeah, that was a random band that was made, wasn't it? Dane Bowers was in that. Yeah, it was. It was a random collection. But yeah, I mean, like you know, as you say, like nostalgia. You know, I I can totally understand it because you know I have this. My favorite artists aren't really the artists that are around now. They are people that yeah you know I grew up with when I was growing up. And, you know, when we do these gigs and we, you know, not just when we do our own concerts, but when we do these multi-band lineups of people of the era as well, you just see the people's faces. And it's like, you know, for two hours, they people can come along and just forget they have kids, forget they have money yeah. troubles, forget about, you know, they are just having the best time of their lives and just reliving their youth for that period of time. So it's actually incredible it was such an incredible thing to sort of to, to see like we're happy obviously to be there they're super happy to see us to see yeah to see again. you and all the other guys it's great and you went i mean you went solo again we'll get to your writing minutes you've done so many stuff but you went solo in 2005 you had a solo single which peaked at 18 which again is great actually was it weird suddenly going solo after being in a band because i, I remember like the guys from blue always said the one nice thing because we've all seen the devastation that's happened to so many massive solo artists you know because they're the ones sat in the hotel room on their own i suppose it's quite nice when you're in a, in a band because you you guys know exactly what each other are going through whereas when you're solo suddenly you are kind of then on your own yeah i mean look my solo uh thing was a disaster it was absolutely <laughs> i i i hated every second of it did you um and i'll tell you why because and you know i guess there was that like camaraderie with with having other people who experienced what you experience um and being on stage together with them but you know if I'm honest, I, I spent 
two years going to all some of the most amazing songwriters in in the world to you know went to robin thick's house to do some yeah. tracks with him Harma superstar greg kirsten all these kind of people went over to la and um i had a fantastic and it's still fantastic to this day um kind of like a jazz crossover uh hip-hop kind of album oh wow ready, ready to go um and i was signed to bmg at that point um and it was going and actually everyone that heard it all the music weeks all the all the reviews that were coming up were were oh my god this is really special and this is going to go far and then bmg and sony merged and the people at the top of the tree uh, decided oh no well we, yeah we like that stuff but we want you to be a bit how more you like justin, justin timberlake oh kind of right thing. okay like, yeah but there's already just there's already justin timberlake yeah. Why do I want to Timberlake. and they're like well just go and try you know and write a few songs a bit more in that vein so again i went over to la and i did a whole bunch of a whole bunch of songs with various people and then um i got back and i had a list of songs i had like 28 songs or something like that and at the bottom of that list uh were these more kind of like justin timberlake-esque songs sorry which was my uh which is the one that i actually ended up releasing was number 28 on my list of oh my favorites. god wow yeah. which wouldn't even I be on the second album hated, i hated that hated song. It. Oh, and, no, then, that's and, horrible. Then, and then they basically said in like one way or another they're like well release that or release nothing so i'd been you know working for two years getting really cool credible stuff that i absolutely loved and then i had to release this crappy song and I didn't even know what I was doing. I was on TV. Just they just put a bunch of like cool looking guys around me, and I was coming off TV confused. I was like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I this think is that's what was happening at the time. There, there'd be a big artist come along. Like, you know, I remember when Britney became big, and so many. I mean, Billy Piper was probably the one, the UK version of you being Justin. That they were like, we need Britney Spears. It was quite obvious that she wasn't going to be Britney Spears. Do you know what I mean? Well, exactly. So, I mean, it was for me. I, I look back on that period. Um, it was not very fond memories. I'm quite, I'm still quite frustrated that that album went uh, out like it did. Yeah. Well, it just, it, we didn't even release the album. You know, oh, the album sorry, didn't even get released. Like, it was well, just, just that song. No, it was just that song. And then, and then I, I said, okay, well, you know, that, that single, obviously, I don't want to go to number 18 in the charts. So for me, that was crap. I'm used to going to like number one or yeah. the top five or whatever. So I was like, look, if I'm going to, if I'm going to release another single, it has to be on my own terms with the the songs I want to release because that's what we're doing. Um, and then they said, "Oh no, we want you to release this kind of R and B Justin Timberlake esque ballad again." And I was like, "Guys, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is if I'm if it's not going to go well, I want it to not go well on my terms. Releasing yeah. stuff that I think is brilliant, not stuff that you think is brilliant, and I'm not proud of." And that's where that ended. So, and how do you compare that to now, Ben? Like now, because art is the, the industry's changed. Artists now have, I suppose, got that decision much more in their own thing, like their image, their music. But it's harder to get it out there, is it? I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a, such a different world, isn't it? Now that yeah, that probably I mean, would it, never it, happen it, again. Now, no. It's a, I mean, it's a totally different game. Um, I mean, the artists really have to do all the work themselves. All and, themselves. Yeah. There's no record like, companies behind them. No. Then there's no there's no um route really like when people come and they ask me for advice or whatever i mean i don't, I don't really know what to say to them in this day and age because it's all i mean it was all you know it's always based on quite a lot of luck as well and being in the right place at the right time but now you know anyone that has a laptop is a producer anybody yeah, that yeah you know everyone's a songwriter every you know there are there are 
thousands of tracks released every day. So something really has to take off virally for it to be of, of interest to anyone. And trying to get your music out there is almost impossible. And people are signing, you know, uh, TikTok stars now or whatever that can't sing a note because that's the way that you well and even people like madonna are kind of one of her demos went massive on tiktok and she's now releasing that it's like she's being guided by tiktok it's kind of crazy do you know what i mean someone like madonna is it is is caught it is. up in that, that as well that, that's the way of the world now so you either fight it or you go along with it <laughs> so but yeah you know, i mean i'm like there are so many of these different social media things out i mean if, if i if i didn't need social media for Work. work i'm the same i would not it. be on it I no i'm the same but you've I obviously like you said it. you've written and produced for loads of people like craig david jls robin thick alexander burke is that do you would you ever want to go i mean obviously you're still with a1 but is it behind the scenes do you look i mean is that what you love now more than you know performing or do you still look would you would you love to have a massive solo album out yourself still um oh, it's a hard one i mean i I mean, we, we we are touring solidly anyway with uh, with A1. A1, because you released uh, new music. The uh, first was Spiders in 2021, wasn't it, when you got back together? And that was the first big release that you made, you guys. Well, actually, no, we we, we had uh, we had many releases which were bigger than that before. Um, with uh, Don't Wanna Lose You Again, that oh, whole album. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for Daylight, that was pretty massive. Uh, we never really took it to the UK. But um, all over Scandinavia, that was huge, and Asia and stuff. And we had another album called Rediscovered, which was pretty big. Um, so we, we, you know, the touring side of things, we are so busy. Constantly, I mean, if, yeah. I my, if I look at my calendar or my schedule now, it's quite daunting actually to look at this year. How much you've got coming up? It's unbelievable. So I think I think there is enough performing there for me to have that you know, that's sort of to, to, to satisfy that, that kind of buzz. Yeah. You get, yeah. Buzz, yeah. And that taste of, of, of that side of things. Um, and also I'm a dad now. So I like, I really like to spend a lot of time with my, my daughter, yeah. and my wife. Um, you know, we've got a beautiful house up in the mountains now as well. So we go up there as much as we can. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could, if I would want the same, touring schedule i would have to have if i was to do another massive solo album or, or venture or whatever it's so massively busy with touring with a1 and you're doing loads of the re- you're, isn't there a massive one coming up with loads of you that i saw uh i can't remember what it's called but that's coming up so the tickets gone sale that the tickets have just yeah, gone on sale for i think the tickets have just gone on sale it's with a lot of other bands of that's video, a huge like, thing isn't it so I, that's busy what else have you got coming up though Oh, uh, so much stuff, really. Um, uh, there's uh, I've written a musical called Eugenius, which is going back on in London. That that had two runs at the other Palace, Andrew Lloyd Webber's theatre, um, and now it's going back into the Turbine Theatre in in Battersea. So uh, that's and that's fun. incredible, and that's with Warwick Davis present. Uh, uh, that was with it? Warwick Davis. It's, it's not anymore. It's uh, with a different uh, producer. It's with Bill Kenwright. Um, oh, amazing. It. So that's great. Um, and then I've written another musical that's being turned into a film. Um, wow. And then the the other thing And you that still I, write a lot. You still write a lot for other people as well. Yeah, yeah I'm constantly writing. I mean, over here they have um, uh, something called MGP, which is like the preliminary uh, competition for 
uh, Eurovision, whoever goes, who, you know, who, who's going to go and represent Norway. Um, and because this is going out when it is, um, I can actually tell you now, which I've I had to keep the secret for ages, but I actually represented Norway last year at Eurovision with a band called Subwoofer. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, okay. Which is quite mad. And it literally, that project has, I mean, just blown up. I so mean, hold on. So you represented Norway. People know that. That people know that. No, so I, it was. Oh, people it was don't know. It was no people. Well, people do know now because you know we we did like a big face reveal on the final of MGP on the on the fifth of February. Um, but you know, for a whole year, we weren't. We, we haven't told anybody that it was. Oh, wow. It's been and another guy. So, um, and we wrote this crazy song called "Give That Wolf a Banana," just for a <laughs> laugh. Um, and everybody just loved it for some reason. So yeah, we we won we won the Norwegian Eurovision um, final with that, which we were very surprised about. And we're basically dressed as like yellow wolves singing about saving That's grandma. Amazing, by, and by no one knew. It's kind of like the Mars Singer in a way. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's been going on for like a year. this has been the most bonkers year I've ever. I've ever, you know, experienced in my entire life. You know, we've done, I mean, it's literally like, I think the, the streams on Spotify alone are like well over 30 odd million and counting, you know, it goes up a hundred thousand every day and stuff. It's like um, four times platinum in many countries around the world. I mean, Eurovision uh, is massive, isn't it? Eurovision is yeah, incredible huge. actually. Yeah. And people it's don't look huge. down on Eurovision anymore. People love Eurovision now. Well, I think for a time it was like the kiss of death. And also yeah. we weren't really sure if, you know, like doing a song called Give That Wolf a Banana, we kind of reckoned it wasn't <laughs> a very good move for our own careers, which are going quite well. Um, so that's why we were in Mask. And actually the whole project just blew up. Um, and it's, you know, we've, we've signed to Universal. And we've that's done, incredible. Well now, so it's, it's really massive. So I literally, I have had the weirdest, busiest yeah ever what was the decision to come out to come out to come out the closet as the man behind it what was um well i think because like it's already quite hard wearing masks everywhere anyway but you know we're we're doing like massive concerts for like eighteen thousand people and stuff like that and we were still having to turn up to the venue in you know um in complete disguise and uh, and also trying to trying to promote the next singles and stuff like that is pretty hard because we can't do interviews because we can't speak um you know there's, there's no radio interviews there's no tv interviews isn't it? so it's actually quite hard and i can't even i can't even promote it on my own social no, media because, yeah and i know we were talking about tiktok earlier i mean i'm crap at tiktok you know for myself and for even a1 we were rubbish at it no but i'm not even on it sub- it amuses me tiktok i just can't get it at all no but subwoofer are huge on tiktok i mean That's some of our brilliant. videos have millions gotta... of views and stuff so it's um yeah and that and there's a whole team of people who are who are doing who are doing that we have a company doing our our tiktok for me on um on that project so um it's just it's just craziness you know i mean the nicest thing year, is though when something like that happens and it, you don't expect it you know what i mean and then it kicks off like this podcast to be honest and it's amazing because it's just great when exactly. it's so random and you're like oh wow this is brilliant and i'm absolutely, loving it absolutely and and also it, it was it was something there's something quite nice about you know everything i do 
um, you know, now nowadays is always it's linked to a one or it's linked to you know me as a writer or what i've done before this is something that's completely out of the blue that yeah just exists i mean it, it exists without me being a part of it at all so um well yeah, the nice thing now you've got a nice that. mixture of stuff it's like you're doing a one and you're going retro at some points you're doing a musical uh you're writing for people plus you've got this mad mad little sonic gig and and I've just said yes to doing uh, We Will Rock You um, at Oslo Spectrum the, and, oh, and uh, other arenas in in Norway. So it really is like um, that's a we interviewed. I interviewed uh, Arlene Phillips not long ago, who obviously was the original uh, choreographer. That what a sh- what a show! Yeah. What a sh- what a yeah. voice! What a voice you need, mate, for that. Well, I mean, to be honest, I, like my daughter has just started kindergarten, so um, I know we spoke about this before before we started the interview, the the podcast. But um, I just have like a constant cold. And yeah, no, I know all these kind of germs. So you know, I was having a, a meeting with a musical director today, and like you know, it's in the same key as Freddie Mercury was singing. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's I'm really to... hard, probably the hardest. I know, and I'm trying to there. sing these songs with a, like a full on cold, so it's gonna be tricky but we're gonna do it somehow but like I'm, I'm not worried about it but i'm a little bit like hmm. <laughs> exciting times and what about coming back will you come back to the uk much do you think will you can the uk fans uh get to see you i mean the tours are happening obviously with a1 i suppose so that's yeah. where they can see you there's loads of stuff with a1 i mean eugenius as well that begins eugenius actually opens the day that we will rock you finishes Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. So I'm flying straight. I'm not even there for any of the rehearsals. So I'm literally going to go and see my musical. The, the, your musical on the first night. For the first night with all the press. So I, oh, wow. I hope they do a good job. It's, You'll it's be like, yeah, brilliant. Like, Crossing fingers. Yeah. So I hope they do a good job. But I mean, it's got great people working on it. So it, 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 I'm sure it's going to be fine. But Still came yeah, out that's, amazing. that's quite. Yeah, well, that's, so that's I mean, quite... it's amazing, mate. It's lovely to chat to you on the podcast. It's amazing that you've got so many good things. It's great to see like people from, you know, my past going doing really well. So it's incredible. Yeah, thanks. No, it's going uh, all going rather well. All going well. I, well, I, I, have... I kind of wish sometimes it wasn't going so well because I'd quite like to chill. I know, just um, to chill. But you see, we you know, we we lose that excuse after lockdown because we all got forced to chill. So now it's like I think we're all we're all getting used to getting busy again, but we're not. We're like, oh actually I kind of quite miss lockdown now. <laughs> I quite miss the lockdown. I, I do. Can't... I'm not going to judge. I've become a bit of a recluse, to be honest, since lockdown. Well, do you know that, what I mean? That's why That's why I moved to Norway, because I was living in the UK. And I was like, oh, I don't really like it, you know, here anymore. So I was like, well, let's just go and, you know, me and my wife is Norwegian. So she was like, why don't we try living in Norway? And we were here for a lot of the pandemic. And I was like, oh, my God, this country is beautiful. Well, I have to say, I saw your Instagram and the view out of your window is beyond incredible. I mean, I live in the countryside, and that is ridiculous. Kind of makes me not like you, but do you know what I mean? It's that good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that's actually in my house in the mountains. I've got a really, um, I'm sitting in my, um, I live right in the centre of Oslo. My closest neighbour is actually the king of Norway. Wow. Um, I live right by the castle. So, um, yeah, but the country is just... Just incredible really I've, never, I've never been to norway i have to go to norway because everyone that i know who's been yeah absolutely and that view is what view to wake up to, to in the mountains as well it's amazing I mean, but it's expensive you know like a pint is like 15 quid oh it's the same as switzerland i filmed in switzerland and i, I had oh, a, yeah. i had a coffee and it was like i nearly was sick it was like 10 pound yeah. 50 
for Starbucks. Yeah, well, that 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 is my life now. Everything right, wow. Costs. Well, thank God you got the musical. Thank God you've got all the other stuff going on. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Been, <laughs> exactly. It's been amazing to have awesome. you on the uh, pop from the box. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. It's been great to chat to you. And good luck with everything. Not that you need it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Ben Adams there from A1, my guest on Pop From The Box, the spin-off of season four of Soap From The Box. If you want to hear unedited versions of the brand new series, then you just need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player or go to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. It's free to sign up. So go there now. There's an exclusive episode with EastEnders and I'm a Celebrity Star, Jacqueline Josser. And a brand new episode of Soap From The Box is coming. I'm not going to tell you when any day now the full unedited version will be available first on another slice before you can listen to it anywhere else we're back for good now season four soap from the box and pop from the box I will see you very very soon <laughs>